Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. I had actually already reached out to Bloomberg's Mark Bergen this week to talk about the Google Civil War. But then, of course, there was other big Google news this week. So, come for the assessment of Google's ongoing culture conflicts and stay for an assessment of regime change at Google and a whole lot more. You know, Mark, uh, as we just said, we, we were going to talk about Google anyway, but then, uh, you know, news broke this week. The, you know, what everybody said about this changing of the guard thing was that it was sort of uh, surprising, but not at all a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was probably coming at some point anyway, but is there anything that we can take in terms of why it's happening now? Yeah, I mean, the, the it's like sort of when the dust settled four years ago on Alphabet, right? Because initially when they created Alphabet, that was, it was sort of shocking to the world um, and, and certainly to people at Google. Um, but then, you know, a, a day later or so, it's like, okay, this is, you know, Larry had effectively receded and given up a lot of the day-to-day managerial duties to Sundar anyway, uh, in much the same way. I think what's, what is surprising about this is that we've never got a sense to say that like Sundar was involved in like, um, making decisions about the allocating capital to Waymo and to Verily and to, to the some other, of the, other bets. Like, yeah. Right. The other bets. Um, I mean, so he joined the board, I think it was last year. Um, and that way, like, so yes, he certainly had on the board, he had, um, responsibility for that, but there was never, I've never come across anything from the, like the official messaging of the company or even really in the reporting that's like, you know, um, think of another alphabet company, right? Like uh, Loon doing the sort of telecom networks with the, with the helium balloons in the sky. You know, you never hear about like Loon having to pitch Sundar on, uh, its, its budget for the next year. Uh, and now that's something that's part of his job description officially. So that's that's probably the, I'd say like the biggest change where that has been, you know, in the past four years. Whenever we've asked the company what Larry and Sergey have been doing, they say they're working on uh, all the other bets. So your impression was is they were the ones allocating that capital. They were the ones doing the whatever check-ins in terms of like how Loon is doing, how Waymo's doing. Like they were they were still engaged in in the other bets part of it. Yeah, I think that's still an open question about sort of how much they're engaged and how much they've been engaged in the past four years. Um, I think uh, in, in some of the reporting they've had that, that um, Larry Page was certainly involved with Google Fiber, for instance, which was another bet like in 2016. Um, and has the, both the founders, uh, especially Larry, care a lot about autonomous vehicles. Um, there's evidence that they were definitely involved in the, the um, lawsuit with Uber and Waymo. Um and certainly, like Sergey's had a strong interest in some of the Google X projects and some of the healthcare work. Um, but you know, certainly, Ruth Porat, who has been the joint CEO, of, CFO, sorry, of, of Google and Alphabet, is in, you know, involved in all those decisions and been probably much more um, hands-on. I think Alphabet has its own sort of team working for uh, Ruth Porat and um, each. Of some of the larger alphabet companies have their own sort of like in the past four years build up their own like management teams and court of corporate structure. Um, and that's been the official line for the company is like, okay, now those management teams and corporate structures are now sort of mature enough that they don't necessarily need um, the, the founders involved as, as much as they did before. Yeah. 
all right. So, so what I said this week on the show was at the time that the alphabet thing happened, um, an mm-hmm. ex Googler said to me, you know, Brian, the, the simple thing is, is like Larry and Sergey don't care about the day to day of running the, the, the Google business. The Google business is fantastic. It's just, you know, they, they really do want to change the world. Mm-hmm. They really do, uh, mm-hmm. are, are shooting for the moon and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we can read into the fact that they're stepping back from the thing that this person ostensibly told me was designed to keep them engaged? Like, is it is it that maybe the self-driving cars haven't happened soon enough and, and things like that? Uh, yeah, I think at this point it's sort of um, pure speculation, um, both in, on my part and then certainly the people I've talked to. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the there's... Uh, the other speculation that people have talked about, and I don't, I don't necessarily think this is true, is that um, you know neither of the founders have been particularly interested in over the past twenty de- two decades in uh, political and regulatory issues, um, and so much of the companies, you know, companies facing a lot, arguably a lot more uh, regulatory they, they, political they, pressure than it ever has. Why, before, why do they need yeah. the the hassle of going before Congress? <laughs> that, that's, right, that's for right. people Which like Mark not, Zuckerberg who still seemingly <laughs> have a vision for <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, go back to 2011, and Larry Page was the official CEO, but they, the company, um, and I don't know the official how, how this actually sort of went down, but the company ended up sending Eric Schmidt, who was the chairman and and and, and former CEO, and obviously much more comfortable sort of being in front of Congress and and playing that role. Um, so th- there's that argument, which I don't, which could be partially true. There's the um, as far as timing. Um, there is, uh, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know. I mean, certainly Waymo has the, the the public narrative, and a lot of the in people you talk to in autonomous vehicles is yes, they've not made as much progress as as you know Sergey Brin was talking about even five years ago um, or four years ago. Um, but I don't, I don't see like it seems like they're still being invested in. You know, John Krafchick is still the CEO, so there's no real indication that the founders have lost faith in in that effort. Um, the same could be said for Verily, which is now raising a lot of outside money and like sort of shaping up in this way where they have, you know, Google Alphabet is sort of one of many stakeholders. Um, in, well, yeah, in and, Verily. and everybody is seemingly super hot on, on healthcare all of a sudden. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And Google, I mean, what's also, what's been a little bit Strange is that Google has you know, they have Google hired someone to run Google Health. The cloud business is also doing Google Health. DeepMind, which was is, is a separate Alphabet company, had a healthcare effort. That effort's been folded into Google proper. Um, I, I mean, there have been so many sort of mis- moving pieces in in the Alphabet empire, um, and I think you could make the argument Nest, right, was started off as a sort of prototypical Alphabet company, right? It had its own brand, its own email addresses. Tony Fidel, when he was running Nest, was its own, and he would always say, I, you know, we're not we're not a Google company. Um, and Alphabet gave him plenty of cover. And then fast forward to 2018, and, and Nest is part of Google and Google hardware. Um, so there, there is a, a sound argument for the fact that, that some of the reasons why Alphabet was formed don't make any more sense. What's your take on um, Sundar Pichai as the leader of the company uh, vis-a-vis like the the rank and file and the, the Googlers? What what do you think? What are you hearing uh, from them about this changing of the guard? 
Yeah, what I can say is, I mean, we can go back to, um, we published this story, um, I think it was earlier this year about, so every year, um, I think it was January this year, every every year Google puts out, like like many companies, right, uh, um, and sort of feedback and surveys, they call it Google Geist, uh, and that from from numbers that we saw in our reporting, uh, Sundar, like the faith in Sundar's leadership dropped. And, and I think it was somewhere, I, I don't remember exactly, but I was somewhere in like the 70% range down from like the 80s or 90s. So it's not like still like if he was a president and it's still an overwhelming um, support internally. Um, and I do, this is what something that, that people certainly on the public relations team say, and I think there's truth to it, that a, a vast majority of the 100,000 plus people at the company um, it's an, it's an amazing job. Uh, it pays well. Typically, it's they're they're treated very well, right? It's still this this company where um, it, it's still printing money, and, and Sundar has has taken the company from it's 2015, this point when it was like one going. There was questions whether it was going to be sort of follow the earlier like the Steve Ballmer Microsoft era and become like sort of stayed non-innovative company. And, and second, it was this concern that it was just going to be trounced by Facebook and, and mobile advertising. And neither of those things have happened. Um, that being said, there's clearly a, a, a much more vocal, strong contingent um, around the more recent case around the four employees who were, who were fired for data security policies, according yeah. to Google, and labor organizing, according to the employees. Um, right there, there's still active resistance to some of the work that the company's done with the military. Well, let me let and, me let me let me interrupt sure. you because this is what we were originally scheduled to talk about. <laughs> so, and once more, the Tech Meme Ride Home is being sponsored by MetaLab. MetaLab is one of the few design agencies in the world that can take a product idea from end to end, from napkin sketch to real shipped product. Let's look at their work for Amazon. MetaLab was Amazon's strategic partner to create the future of photo storage and management with their Cloud Drive product. MetaLab came up with an end-to-end experience that automated discovery, organization, and photo sharing for busy families. Now you know this product as Amazon Photos, which is beautiful, engaging, and wildly easy to use. A simple and intuitive product that outperforms any other individualized photo service out there. MetaLab wants to bring the same creativity and intuitive design philosophy to your project. If you have an idea for MetaLab, go visit MetaLab.co. That's MetaLab.co and tell them Brian sent you. My thanks to MetaLab for sponsoring the pod. Meal kit apps advertise on podcasts all the time, but did you know that Mealime is the most popular meal planning app in the world. Everybody eats. Some just do it better than others. Have you ever had trouble sticking to a diet or wandered the grocery store aimlessly with no real menu in mind? Mealime gets you organized with quick and easy meals matched up with your personal dietary preferences. Just pick recipes for the week. Mealime builds you a shopping list with all the ingredients, and then it helps you cook. And guess what? Mealime integrates with Amazon Fresh and Instacart, so you don't even have to go to the grocery store at all. Let Mealime order the ingredients for you. Mealime will help you cook the ingredients, then you get to eat the ingredients that you wanted to eat in the first place. Mealime is M-E-A-L-I-M-E. It's a completely free app available in the App Store and Google Play. Or check out Mealime.com to learn more. 
Your busy weeknights are about to get so much easier because Mealtime has made meal planning, grocery shopping, and cooking as easy as getting takeout. Mealtime, M E A L I M E. Um, you know, I've been s- saying on the show that there seems to be a civil war going on inside Google. Um, <laughs> do you th- actually do you think that's a fair assessment? If if not a war, there certainly seems to be a lot of skirmishing going on lately between. Yeah, it's maybe a guerrilla warfare. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> okay, hold on a second, because actually, what we need to do here, help me understand this. Because sure. one of the reasons I've had a hard time covering this is because there seems to be so many different vectors here. Like, there's Me Too stuff. There's, like, mm-hmm. the James Damore uh, political stuff. Mm-hmm. There's the organizing workers and a labor union sort of way stuff. There's the whole not wanting mm-hmm. to work. We'll, we'll come back to the Pentagon and, and AI stuff and all that stuff you wrote about uh, in the in the last week's issue. Mm-hmm. But are these all related or just a multi-headed hydro like like what it is there some theme running through all this what's going on <laughs> sorry yeah no, I, I i um first of all i think it needs to like everyone interested in this should so certainly read natasha tiku who's at the post washington post now but wrote this great story in wired um very envious of that sort of laid this out in a, in a, a great chronological um story um, and I think from her reporting, and I'd say it's, I agree with this too, like James Damore, if you remember the memo in 2017 that he sent out about um, diversity and political bias, uh, that is sort of the ground zero for a lot of, I mean, both Damore and then the Trump election, right, um, are, are set off, I think. Uh, what the Morris memo did was there was a faction in the company that felt like they're like kind of exposed to this like oh, oh my god there are people inside Google who think this way um, and that I think set off just I think operationally you have whether it's sort of internal chats like I think a lot of this happens on encrypted messaging right like there there was this group of employees that became activated and sort of outraged about about um, and about that and they were sort of had this network that was built in and then maven hits right or later is that uh, is that the group of nine or the so-called group of nine or whatever uh i think the group of nine is is a little bit different so i can yeah the group of nine i'm happy to the group of nine i think my from my understanding uh and 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 thus far they've never been made public but who's in that but that was a group of employees engineers who were working on what's called an air gap feature right um to basically allow Google's cloud business to operate like AWS and Microsoft, and so AWS can provide the cloud um, contract for the CIA, for instance, because they have an air-gapped cloud that meets certain higher um, certification standards from the government. And Google at that point didn't have that. Um, And so my understanding of that, and and according to Natasha's reporting too, like this group was sort of working very quietly um, to oppose that. And, and talking to, to senior management, Urs Holtz, who runs the um, infrastructure at Google and is like Google employee number eight and sort of incredibly powerful there. Um, and they were negotiating with, with Urs directly and sort of he decided to uh, halt on that. Um, and I think that set off when when Maven became more widely known inside the company and certainly outside. Um, that set off this sort of rolling ball that's just gotten bigger and bigger with, with the walkout and with the dragonfly in China. I mean, I think there are certainly employees and, and, and the contracting issue, too, about how Google treats its contractors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm going to circle right. back to all that. But sure. specifically, so 
I'm, I'm thinking of your piece in, in last week's issue. Um, when it, when it comes to like Maven and this military stuff, is mm-hmm. this number one, maybe this is macro in the sense that this is where cloud computing is going anyway, but, but maybe in the specific to Google sense, you know, again, like they're sort of a mature business on a certain level with their advertising stuff. So like they need to go to these sort of Pentagon contracts to get revenue. And, and look, they're not alone. I mean, the, the whole uh, Jedi thing as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, one, one way to look at this, and I think it's, it's totally true is that Google's trying to pivot. <laughs> uh, Sundar Pichai has put you know, all these resources behind the cloud business, behind hardware, behind these two lines, uh, that are new lines of businesses, um, you know, include you, YouTube is the third front, but YouTube's still advertising, right? So hardware and and, and cloud computing, um, hardware kind of the, the model for hardware of a culture of a company is Apple, right? Like things are done in silos, things are done secretly, um, and then the model for cloud computing, I think in this case is, is Amazon and Microsoft, which have very different company cultures, um, Amazon in particular, and. And so that, you know, in our, in our story that we, in the Business Week story, Meredith Whitaker, who's been one of the most outspoken, um, former Google employees and around ethics and AI talked about how Google was its first two decades, right? Like the care deeply about the end user, right? And that's been Sundar's mantra for a long time. And, and the end user in that case was the end user of search, right? Of Android, of, of maps, of all these consumer to- tools. Us. And now with this pivot, right? Exactly. This pivot, there's, um, the end user is enterprise, like in this case, the military or oil and gas companies, um, sort of enterprises that um, not not a majority, not all Googlers, but certainly a, a, enough um, to be organized and be outraged about this um, feel that they do not want their their software code and their work supporting. Okay, like I, I swear, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to that and ask you that in five different ways. But uh, real quick, um, this. The, the Thanksgiving four who got fired, uh, all the articles keep mentioning organizing, uh, you know, sort of a, a yep. vague term. What, what specifically does that mean? Like, what were they organizing about? Was it about, like, the so-called TBCs, the temp vendor and contractor? What, what, what's this organizing mean? Yeah, so this is um – this is according. I will kind of. They're according to Google. Its official comment on this is that they've never confirmed who those four are, and Google says that they fired four people for um, what they called repeated violations of their data security policies. Right. Um, so according to the four organizers, uh, or sorry, the four engineers who who said they were fired under these policies, they were active in, I believe, so primarily in in uh, Rebecca Rivers as one of the first to to identify herself as being fired. Um, she said she the the primary search she did was going into the the Google intranet um, called MoMA and typing in GCP, which stands for Google Cloud Platform, and then um, CBP, uh, Customs and Border Protection, right? And so at that point there was some reporting that um, I actually don't know the time frame, but around that time there was some speculation that Google was going to be work had like a initial contract with CBP, um, and so. Both uh, Rebecca and then two of the others were involved, and there was a petition that came out that um, from Googlers that said, we do not want the company to ever work. We want the company to come out and say, we're not working with ICE or, or CCBP um, or because of ethics and because of concerns about the impact on, on refugees and immigrants. Um, so so it was, it's largely it, political ahead. issues. 
Yeah, but that they were both they were involved. Um, some of them were involved in Maven protests and the Dragonfly protests about the search engine in China, in the protests from June about uh, the company's policies with hate speech and YouTube. Um, I guess that's the broad category would, would mm-hmm. be political. I mean, according to you know, I yeah, spoke to yeah. the them earlier this week. According to them, right, they are they feel that they are doing their sort of due duties as Googlers Ethically. to like. <laughs> Yeah, to go out and sort of report something that they find is 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 still wrong, right? Right. Like right. They, they and um, they they quoted that from the in their right. in their in their blog post that like that's in our uh, you know what am I thinking? Don't be evil, blah blah blah, uh, yeah. and report stuff that you see that's evil, right? Yeah, and I think I mean I've certainly like. Google people will not say this on the record, but there are people I've talked to the company who kind of was would say, well, like you're working at a company, right? Like this might. Google is a is a is a very large digital advertising company, a eight hundred billion dollar company, um, and they're sort of like you can't. Ex- they're they're basically the logic of some people there is that um, of course the company took this action, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's almost like you need to be heads down and get back to work, right? Um, I think there's there's been that sentiment and there's been that sentiment of the company for a long time, right? Like there was there was sort of always a faction that that um, sort of rolled its eyes at some of the like m- ethical and political debates happening. Right. Okay. So the company. This is this is this is the time to ask the same question in five different ways. So sure. How much of this is Google was the don't be evil company, and so it attracted a certain type of you know. I'm, I'm not. I'm not being pejorative, but let, let's call it an idealistic uh, employee. And now that is not coming back to bite them. Is not what I want to say. But like that's it's it's in the wash now because of that. How much of that is that? I think a fair amount. Um, it was. It was. It, it like was like like Facebook, right? It it. it as part of its recruiting pitch to the company, and we've rep- we've reported on this as well, right? Like that both companies sort of had this broader sweeping you know, mission statements about changing the world, um, and you know they certainly they certainly didn't come out and say come work for a very large ad tech company, right? Right, right. <laughs> it was it was you're working for Google, your your product, you're going your work is going to affect billions of people, which is true. Um, and your and you also sort of the, the perks of being a Googler is you get to have this regular, you know, like the early rec- the early times there they would sort of have the TJF where Larry and Sergey would stand up and mm-hmm. and anyone could ask any questions and um and you got to do the twenty percent projects and you got to you know you got to wear hoodies and t-shirts think about all the sort of like standard tropes about Google and like. How what the culture it set for Silicon Valley, um, those things are definitely true, um, and I think they also like they you know be, to be wholly frank they draw like incredibly intelligent people um, who think about problems in the world and and complex problems with technology and AI and the future of of AI and, and automation and um, ethics in a way that many other people don't. Um, and they, they, they also have set up this culture where, where, um, certainly software engineers, uh, are feel, so I wouldn't, I won't say entitled, but feel like they have the, the leverage to speak out, um, and, and, and the, the and privilege things, right? and the freedom, the yeah. privilege. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, like well, that's we, been something where, 
where Google has, um, I think, built up that for a long time very intentionally. And the question is, one way to view it would be, and now they're like coming down and trying to change that pretty dramatically um, as they've just become so big and as they're sort of turning into a more of a, of a, like a, a cloud computing business. So then... Well, I mean, a counter to that would be this isn't specific to Google. It's maybe endemic to all of Silicon Valley right now, uh, post, I don't know, the 2016 election or, you know, you've got, you've got protests against Pentagon stuff at Microsoft, climate change agitation at Amazon. So, and, and, you know, forget tech. Maybe that's, maybe this is everybody at this point. Like, so it, mm-hmm. it's maybe not just. Google, it's just maybe uh, sort of sharper there because of what you were just saying. Yes, certainly. I mean, there's um, we're, we're on the specifically on the, the tech working with with the military and with working with immigration agencies. Um, we've seen protests that you know, there's a pretty active one happening now um, at GitHub and, and Microsoft. There's there's one happening at Microsoft in general around their work with both Jedi and then HoloLens with the military. There are employee protests, I think smaller ones that uh, others have reported on at Palantir, um, Salesforce, Amazon. Um, a lot of uh, obviously all that has uh, happened in, in during the under the Trump administration and. And that is, if not the, the primary factor, certainly like a, a major factor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's stronger that been like pretty strong work from some leaders who have been very active in like AI and ethics and tech tech organizing, um, which is having much more presence here than I it's certainly three five years ago. Well, you know that uh, another way to ask the same question is. Uh, to the degree that you're willing to speculate how much of this is maybe generational because that's part of regime change too is you're talking about gen xers 40 and 50 year old people turning over the reins and um again maybe this is endemic to everybody but uh how much of it is just that i don't know uh younger more idealistic workers aren't willing to uh sign on for certain things I think that's fairly true. I, I wouldn't say that across the board, though. I think one thing that we've, um, you know, one thing that I think is really interesting to see going forward with Google is how much of, um, you know, how much people that have been willing to kind of come out and be very public. Um, I, I don't think this is necessarily generational. Um, something that the, the four um, of the four organizers who were fired, two of them were transgendered, and they mm-hmm. they spoke about this specifically about how um, certainly like transgender people at Google feel like um, they are much they're more more willing and like to speak out because they feel like this affects them, and and they're more aware of the impact of certain policies um, than a cisgender person at, at Google. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily ge- generational. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we started off the conversation talking about Larry and Sergey stepping down. Yeah, uh, there, Larry's actually younger than Sundar. Yeah, which is strange to think when we think about it. Um, but so that's it's not like there's been a generational shift at the company. Okay, um, well then, then okay, but maybe all right, not generational, generational, uh, mm-hmm. capital G. But it, like you said, we started off talking about um, sort of regime change or changing of the guard. Uh, when you, when you look at it or when you talk to Googlers, um, do they feel like something has changed at the top that 
management is more aggressive facing off against them or or the workers have gotten more, like what what's the mood ps mark had to switch phones real quick so for the remainder of this episode if the audio sounds slightly different that's why uh I think so. I think that's bared out. I think again, like I, I think the what, what I have not been able to um, show, and what's harder, I think, to show in reporting is for proportionality, right? Like how many of there? There's certainly employees that feel like you know the, this place has changed significantly, um, and but I, I can't say that that's like an over, like an overwhelming majority or even um, majority of the company, right? Um, and there's a little bit of selection bias, right? The people that are willing to sort of criticize and talk out um, are certainly the ones that are be able to kind of shape the how they that perception. That makes sense. But th- that being said, um, certainly, like you, you've seen, we've done a little bit of reporting on this on on a couple measures, right? Like with around the the Chrome extension that was launched to the company, kind of explained. Um, as a way to avoid calendar spam, right? And and there's certainly multiple employees that then were like, calendar spam has never been a problem with the company, and just told that this was kind of a uh, disingenuous way to to what they feel like is um, track employees. Um, I think the other part of this is has been that there is a legitimate concern about about leaking, not just not. We've spent a lot of time talking here about um, so the the what I broadly like liberal political concerns of the company um, but you know the some of the more damaging leaks have come actually from the right where there was the employee that leaked the entire video right to Breitbart of the all hands meeting after the election which is that was just like unprecedented in Google history right no one's done that kind of thing before um, and then leaking there's an employee that came out and went to Project Veritas the sort of sham journalistic um, group about claiming that Google has uh, Google search is biased, um, and, and we've seen sort of both on the right um, a lot of, of employees speak out about that. So I think that certainly the company and management feels um, much more, I, I don't know, much more alarmed, but but equally alarmed about that behavior, and it's definitely taken steps to to try to stem that, um, and, and that in many ways becoming like more of a conventional company. Like, right, imagine I, you don't really hear the sort of outcry at a company like Oracle because Oracle was never a company that, that even allowed that kind of Oracle, conversation. Oracle through. was never right. googly, as they used to say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yes, I think it's my long-winded way of saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> 